3: Blog Talk Radio.
1: The date with Destiny for Monday, May the 6th, 2019. I'm your host and author of the book Destiny Awaits, The Pouring Out of Wisdom for Humanity to Drink, Lisa M. Saunders, coming to you from Owings Mills, Maryland. And this broadcast is being sponsored by Masterminds LLC, inspiring and empowering people to achieve a greater destiny. We are super excited this evening about being with you, and to be able to share love and wisdom with the desire to uplift, inspire, motivate, and empower you to live a more peace-filled, joyful, and loving life. So to receive and download this podcast, simply go to the iTunes store, click on podcast, and type in A Date with Destiny. You can also receive it via my website, yourdestinyawaits.net, or simply by Googling us Blog Talk Radio, A Date with Destiny. Also, follow us on Twitter at Lease 101. That's L Y S E 101. If you would like to become a sponsor or to get more exposure for your literary work or business, you can send a message via my website, info at yourdestinyawaits.net, or via my Facebook page, facebook.com forward/a date with destiny 101 so once again ladies and gentlemen we are so excited to be able to share with our listeners information from people of all walks of life that we believe will inspire motivate and empower you we are happy to be celebrating our 6th year of broadcasting and can't wait to share some great things from some really extraordinary people that we have coming up for the rest of this season. So yes, we just, um, the 19th of April actually uh, celebrated our 6th year of broadcasting. So that, I believe, deserves just a little bit of applause. Thank you very much. Yes, we are excited. So tonight we have another amazing show. Our guest This evening is Mr. Loki Mulholland. Loki Mulholland is an award-winning filmmaker, author, activist, and son of civil rights icon Joan Trumpower Mulholland, in which we had on our show just a few short weeks ago. So if you haven't yet heard that podcast, you need to go into iTunes, Google it, or whatever. It's easy to find, and you need to take a listen because she is absolutely amazing. And Loki is also an Emmy-winning producer who has received 40 Telly Awards, 40 Telly Awards. And Loki's films on race and social justice issues have won him 12 Best Documentary Awards. His first book, She Stood for Freedom, was nominated for for the 2017 Amelia Bloomer Award, and Loki speaks across the country on issues of race and social justice. He is also the founder and executive director of the Joan Trumpower Mulholland Foundation, which was created to end racism through education. So without further ado, a date with destiny would like to welcome Mr. Loki Mulholland to the show. Hello, Loki. How are you this evening? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you very much. We are so excited to have you with us. We couldn't, we, we were just looking forward to this for so long. It seems like forever. So now we're just happy to have you oh. here.
2: Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually in uh, Selma, Alabama. I was just with uh, Joanne Blackman Bland where we're shooting a new documentary about voter disenfranchisement. Oh,
1: wow. How's that going?
2: Uh, it's going good. The weather's been uh, treating us treating us well. It's not humid yet, so we'll
1: take what we can get. That's a good thing. That's a good thing, especially down in Alabama. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Well, one of the things, that's what we're going to talk about. We have so much ground to cover in such a short amount of time because the show, especially when the conversation gets so good, it really goes by so quickly. So I'm going to really try to fit in as much as I can um, because you are just as amazing as your mom. Um, And I've talked to you a couple of times, Um, you know, we've shared some things, and I just find that the work that you do um, is much needed, um, especially for a time such as this, you know, the state that we are in um, as a country. And one of the Uh things um, that I want to start off with is uh, you have some mighty big footsteps to follow in. Um, And as one of five boys raised by such an iconic figure, tell us when you started to sit up and really take notice of how much of a big deal your mom was.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, when we actually took notice, quite frankly, was actually in high school. Um, Okay. And that's when we started seeing that famous, that iconic photograph of the Jackson Woolworths sit-in. and her sitting there in the middle as they're pouring stuff on her head with Ann Moody and John Salter next to her. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd seen that photo our entire lives. I mean, it wasn't yeah. anything new to us. And then to see it in a textbook was like, oh, wait a second. Why is mom in a textbook?
1: Um, right. You know,
2: growing up, we, we would have civil rights people, you know, from the old days, if you will, you know, coming through the house and stuff. And And that was just old people telling old stories. You know, we're kids. Mm-hmm. We don't want to hear that stuff. We just want to go play. Right. Um so it's, it's osmosis, right, is how we kinda of took it. Um it's interesting, you know, I mean obviously we knew about, you know, Martin and Malcolm and such, but in that in in our house it was really about Medgar Evers. because um, mm. that's where my mom was. That was who she worked with and many of the people that would come to the house uh worked with Medgar directly as well. And so mm-hmm. for us that was our Martin, if you will.
1: Right. Right. And you know, It was so um, surreal for me because, as you said, you know, we grew up looking at that picture. Um, It was in textbooks and and especially during Black Black History Month, you would always hear about the, um, the Freedom Rides and the Montgomery Ward's. Um, boycott and the sit-ins and this and that and the other and so that picture was always associated with that and black history so <laughs> to find out that that was your mom um, that was in that photo after like I'm seeing this my whole life you know and I'm like oh right. my gosh what, Th- what? so yeah. for me you know, and that was go ahead yeah
2: no no go ahead I'm sorry I'm sorry
1: no, no, I was just saying, for me, so, that was such a surreal moment, so I can't even imagine for you yeah. what that was like.
2: Yeah, you know, it's, it's for me, it's one of those things where every now and then, it just strikes me, and I, I get yeah. I get a chance to step back and go, oh my gosh, that's my mother.
1: Um, right. What
2: really, when we did the documentary, An Ordinary Hero, about the life of my mother and the civil rights movement, and particularly the student movement, um it was when I would call people or, or, you know, or places like the Smithsonian or the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute and ask for a photograph or ask for, a video or for an interview. And without fail, every single time it was, for Joan, anything. Um, that's when it really, really started to click going, you know, my gosh, you know, what did she do? Right. Uh, the magnitude of the sacrifice she was willing to make, uh, and then to see the generations, not just people her age, who grew up under segregation but people the young people today uh who will come up to her and thank her for the work they you know that she did that because of the work she did you know they're able to you know do the things they're able to do and 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 of course you, know, you talk to my mother I mean she's like look I was just one of thousands of people
1: yeah you know very humble um, very humble and,
2: but you know there were millions of people in the country so yeah. I mean it was a I I I called you know, the, the Civil Rights Movement, you know, the first real American Revolution, because it was a revolution for everyone,
1: whereas yeah. the
2: American Revolution was just for white men, you know. Right. Um, and that willingness to, again, you know, put your life on the line, literally, uh, when you didn't have to. Uh,
1: that's, yeah.
2: You know, it's, it's truly, to me, heroic.
1: Yes, it is. And so for you, now I do want to, you know, talk about your films because I've seen three of them, um, starting with An Ordinary Mm -hmm. Hero, which it was just amazing, Mm -hmm. by the way. If you all have not seen it yet, it's on um, Amazon Prime. You can watch all of his films there. But An Ordinary Hero, so, okay, you said in high school that you started to recognize your mom for, you know, some of the things. And then I guess when you started – out When did you start out knowing, you know what, this is what I want to do, because you are an educator. You educate young people on the civil rights movement, and not just the civil rights mm-hmm. movement, but it goes so much further than that. What, when did you start right. having the, the drive to do that?
2: Well, uh, it, it really all hit me when we were um, doing a screening of An Ordinary Hero at Old Miss. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. in, in Oxford, Mississippi, where James Meredith, you know, was with 20,000, the support of 20,000 troops, uh, you know, integrated Ole myth, And we had college-educated kids in Mississippi come up to us and say, we never heard any of this. Mm. Now, my instinct was, well, this is Mississippi. Of course they never heard any of it. And I said, well, how how is this possible? I mean, 80% of this movie takes place in your state. Right. Um, but I, I just never knew that people Really didn't know about the civil rights Movement all they really mm-hmm. knew was You know Dr. King had a dream and Rosa Sat on a bus Wait. And and that was it uh, If that mm-hmm. and So I, I, I didn't realize The blessing that I had of growing up You know with this knowledge um, From you know From my mother and, and her friends And so uh, I said you know what this, this has got to change And People ask me all the time, like, you know, "Hey, would you would you have sat at the lunch counter?" I'm like, you know, uh, I don't have to because my mother already did. Oh. But I have to do what I can do because doing nothing is not an option. Right. So I do, I do the films, I speak, and I do the books and so forth because that's my gift. That's that's what I've been blessed with. I, honestly, I don't know if I could have sat at the lunch counter. Probably not. Quite frankly, right. I like to think I had the same to my mother, but. You know, uh, th- those are rare, rare people.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely.
2: Know, people like my mother and 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 Medgar and Joanne and John Lewis and Bob Zellner. And yeah, these, these these people. Yeah. I mean, my gosh. Every every I generation has fun. them. I don't, yeah. I, I don't think I'm one of them, but I I, I do what I can do
1: you know loki that just i i have chill bumps just running all through my body when you started mentioning the names of these people um who really sacrificed their lives and who who uh were incarcerated behind this and beaten and abused and just went through so much but you know um i find that we never know what we will and what we will or what we're capable of doing until we're faced with something. You know what I mean? And for you, your films really say so much. Um, you, you, um, you, You bring attention to issues that a lot of people never really thought about because they never had to. And that's one of the things I really love about your work. Uh, you raise awareness um, and you bring it out in front, in front of people's faces and you make them talk about it and mm-hmm. you make them see. Now, now, t- correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that people only see what they want to see. Sure. Um, and you do a great job at um, exposing racism at the core, that's you know, in my opinion. When you well, that, when I watched the uncomfortable it, truth, it was amazing.
2: Right. Well, and and in that story, I mean, you're seeing you know when you said you know you only see what you want to see, um, you know, not to give away the end of the story, but right. um, we we all do that. Um, yeah. With my story about Mary Harris, and and not seeing her. It um, mm. was interesting because I, I was going through some old interviews. Now, that, that film, The Uncomfortable Truth, was shot, like, gosh, six, seven years after we shot An Ordinary Hero. Mm-hmm. And I was going through the interviews that I did with my, my aunt, my mom's sister, which we never used in An Ordinary Hero. But I was, I was pulled up the interview to pull some of the audio. And in that, she talks about Mary Harris. Mm-hmm. I, it, it went right through me. I wasn't ready to see her.
1: Tell um, everyone who Mary that. Harris and is. So so um,
2: Mary Harris was uh, a former slave who lived with the family. Okay. Um but that's and that's all part of this journey and the uncomfortable truth. Um mm-hmm. in, in in that film. But but we all have that. We we all have these uh you know, our Mary Harris's. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think today the same thing, you know, in, in regards to how we view racism. When I, when I talk to people, you know, uh, you know, white people, um, white people view racism very differently than, than the African-American community. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's black and white photographs. It's, you know, the lunch counters. It's the burning buses, the Klan and these sort of things. Um, and so they compartmentalize that. The signs are down. The, everyone can ride them the buses together and these sort of things, so racism must be over. Um, right. But when you dive deeper into the aspect of institutional racism, there's a disconnect. And a part of that disconnect mm-hmm. is, 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 not, is this unwillingness to own that, mm. to, to believe that they're actually a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And to, you know, to unpa- you know, I hate to use the expression, to unpack all of that. And that mm-hmm. meaning, it's like, it's I, I, and when I talk with kids, I, you know, I inevitably I always get. You might know, say kids. I'm talking like college or high school.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, well, I never own any slaves. It's like mm-hmm. I'm glad you never did. Right. I, mm-hmm. I hope you never will.
1: Mm-hmm. I said,
2: but it's it's not about what you didn't do. It's about what you know
1: now and what you're going to do with it. Wonderful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes, and you know, uh, Loki, it's not just the young, like your college kids that say that. I mean, you know, you you read some of the stuff on social media. Yeah, and, you know, the older folks, um, they say it too. You know, and they want to know why do we we, mm – go ahead.
2: Yeah, we all live in the same country. We're all fed the same diet. We were literally in – with Joanne Bland. Now, Joanne Blackman Bland was on the Edmund Pettus Bridge that bloody Sunday. Um, she mm-hmm. was 11 years old, had already been arrested 13 times, mm. and uh, we're in the White Cemetery, where they have the only spot in the cemetery that's privately owned by the daughter is, is owned by the United Daughters of the Confederacy, and they got this big statue to Bedford Forest, you know, the founder of the KKK and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's this gentleman who's parked there. We're waiting for Joanne to pull up, and there's this gentleman who's parked there. He's 70 years old. He likes to come there He said he's in his pickup truck Which had a confederate flag on the back When I mean confederate flag I don't mean the stars and bars I'm talking about The actual confederate states of America flag mm. So you know he's hardcore
0: mm-hmm.
2: And We start talking a little bit it, He 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 just I'm wearing a shirt that I have on right now That says That's my mom's mugshot And says my mom's next ex-con That went right mm. through him um,
3: Right <laughs>
2: But He We're sitting here talking, and he says, um, well, you know, uh, 1965, that was all those outside agitators. That's the words he used. You know, Mm -hmm. and I I mean, within two days of being here, we've had at least three people tell us, and he was one of them, well, that was in the past. You Mm -hmm. know, people need to move on. Mm -hmm. And here Mm -hmm. he is having breakfast in this peaceful surrounding of honoring the Confederacy. And yet he's mm-hmm. talking about how African Americans mm-hmm. can't move on, right? Right, exactly. It's, it's just, yeah, uh, he just, yeah, it was, it was, oh, it was interesting, you know. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we you, you see that everywhere. Um, yeah. There is this sense that they're losing, you know, the, the white population. Obviously, is, the country's getting browner. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: You know, back in the 1950s, when this guy was in his prime. You know, America was like 90% white, and now it's 60% Mm -hmm. white.
3: Mm -hmm. And,
2: you know, he sees the writing on the wall, if you will, and there's this, you know, he's been fed this diet of fear. Yeah. That, you know, well, be careful because when they, you know, take over, it's over for you because they're going to do to you what you did to them. See. That's just the mentality.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know Loki, that's but you're like, fed that you're taught that you have yes. to that. yeah, 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 and it's nothing new. Like you know, for African Americans, oh. we've been hearing that for a long, long time, and it's nothing new. So right. they carried it on. I mean, and they just will not let that that theory go. Um, right. So you it do works. a lot. It works. I mean, yeah. Yeah, 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 and you do a lot of traveling, so a lot, last lot of. Oh, hopefully, we won't see it in the next one. And okay, so we'll get back to that. <laughs> all <laughs> right. All that right. right here, <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Uh-huh. But you know what? That just makes your work, what you do, stand out even more because I, I still call me a dreamer call me naive whatever but i still will go to my grave believing that love trumps hate any and every day of the week um we just right. need people like yourself uh to continue doing what you do because it does make it it does make a difference Well,
2: so thank you yeah, you know i mean i'm, I'm a christian and mm-hmm. um You know, I, 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 in my belief is that we, we know who wins in the end. Yeah. You know, the the Savior will come back. He will redeem everything. However, uh, you have to be part of that, part of that battle and part of that willingness to be on the right side. Right. Um, And so there is that dream. That's, that's why love does conquer all. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we need to make sure that we're doing what, what we need to do.
1: Um. Yeah. Yeah. No matter uh, yeah, what. Just,
2: just, yeah, no, matter, no matter what. Yeah. You know, it's it's, you know, it's. It's it's. You know, when I when I shot the uncomfortable truth, I actually shot two versions: one where Trump wins, and one where Hillary wins. Mhm.
3: Oh.
2: And I knew. You know. It, it didn't matter who was going to win, because the the bandit the bandit had been peeled off, and the wound yeah. had been exposed. And what had been festering was now oozing out throughout the country. Yep. And so, you know, you could just because if, if Hillary had won, that doesn't mean that would have ended.
1: Um, right. You
2: know, like, oh, okay, well, let's forget all about that. No, I mean, it's so, I mean, it was it's necessary. It's definitely necessary evil. But, I mean, I, I wish things would be different, but I'm glad mm-hmm. that people are more engaged and more aware but we should not be surprised by this sort of backlash. I mean, when
0: exactly.
2: when slavery ended, that's what happened in Reconstruction. When right. the Civil Rights and the Voting Rights Act were passed, we had the War on Drugs. You know, there's always this backlash. So we have this liberation with Obama. Well, what else would you expect was going to happen? Right. But we are moving forward.
1: Right.
2: But we have to make sure we're doing the work to continue to move forward.
1: Well, and that was my next question to you um so you know you uh-huh. by you traveling and doing the work that you do um are you seeing a forward movement uh people moving forward, or are you just seeing a lot of people stagnated and like afraid to talk about it, and they just don't wanna see it?
2: Um, well, the people I see you know i'm I'm kind of preaching to the choir in certain situations, which is okay, and that's why, you know, the choir's at church too, and they still need to hear it. Um, Yeah. But there are people who do come that – it's it's the people who come up to me and go, I had no idea. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a curiosity thing to come and kind of uh, let me see what this is all about. Um, And they they are engaged. The youth are very engaged. The youth don't hold back. Uh, And when I talk about youth, I'm talking all the way down to elementary school. Now When I'm in elementary school, I'm not talking about, you know, about right. institutional racism. I'm just talking about the civil rights mm-hmm. movement. But mm-hmm. they want to know what they can do because they see my mother's story. You know, my mother's story begins when she's like ten years old. They see I themselves. Know. Yeah. Uh, and so they 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 want to know. They they look. They live they live in the same country. They see this. They know what's going on. Don't think kids don't. Yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and they want to know what they can do. How they yeah. can make their world better.
3: Awesome. And so,
2: and the older kids, definitely. But at the same time, I was in Wisconsin, and, you know, and uh, it was interesting. So one half of the gymnasium was, ele- was a very small town. One half of the gymnasium was elementary school. The other half was high school, junior high. mm mm-hmm. And, you know, they all had to raise their hands for, like, you know, for, like, it was like the teacher raised their hands, and everyone would quiet down. So all the kids had to raise their hands. You know, that was, like, the symbol for everyone to, like, okay, time to be quiet now. And one kid raised his hand doing a Nazi salute, you know? <laughs> High school kid, and you know, got to be funny. Got to, you know, mm-hmm. got to do his thing, and that's what high school kids do. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's like really. I wow. mean, that's your mentality. You you, you think that's okay.
1: Right. Um.
2: It's like the kid with the prom date. You know, I don't know if you saw that the prom invite that kid did. You oh, know, I saw that. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's if I was what if it, if I was, you know, if I was black, I'd be picking cotton, but I'm white, so I'm picking you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, he thought that was okay. She thought it was okay because she agreed. Her parents thought it was okay, and his parents thought it was okay.
3: <sighs> so,
2: yeah, there's I, – I I see a lot of people – you know, obviously, you know, that's that's not necessarily indicative of all kids, thank goodness. Right. Um, but more than not, I see uh, when I do these things, um, people want to – you know, they want to do something. They want they they they're moved, they're motivated, um, and they're just looking for a catalyst. And yeah, I'm not saying I'm not catalyst, uh, but you know, it's it's the messages, the messaging that it helps is. them go. Wow, okay, I can do.
1: Yeah, it is, and I find too that in talking with white people, um, I I really I I see that a lot of times they just don't know. Like if they're not, they just, they and it's not, they're not trying to be funny, you know, now I'm not saying it's all, but quite a few, they're not trying to, they just don't know. And, you know, sometimes they'll look at you like with, you know, that deer caught in the headlight look. And then sometimes a light bulb will go off. But the thing that I admire with people is the fact that, Okay, so now you're asking questions. The door has been open, and you want to know. You want right. to learn. You're not running and hiding in a shell and just closing your door and pretending that it doesn't exist. And I find well, a lot of times, amazing, I mean, and hmm?
2: yeah, no, yeah. So we have a little delay here. So <laughs> yeah, go ahead. That's okay. But uh, but but you see that uh, there's a little, little frustration that comes with that as well. It's like, how do you not know? Yeah yeah and yeah. I mean our education system is you know is horrible when it comes to this sort of stuff But, yeah. you know but but my response is you know and and yeah I mean I get it you know i i am a I'm allowed this, you know I get this nice safe white male place and I can say these things mm-hmm. um, but is well, just because the information's there doesn't mean that person is actively looking for it. I mean mm. technically we should all be master mechanics and plumbers and nuclear physicists because it's all out there on YouTube and the internet. So You're how do right. you not know you know you know well it's because my interest is not in those things. My interest personally is you know, in social justice and civil rights and so forth. So yeah, I'm very much steeped in you know, in that.
1: So Yeah.
2: That's what I go after.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And you do it so well. But you
2: know, so so well, and expect other people to know it just as much as you do, or, you know, to have those same, you know, well, particularly when it's African Americans who get frustrated with that white people don't understand. Well,
1: yeah,
2: you know, it, it's a very, very different lived experience. Yeah, and yeah, one that they, they don't want to cross into at times.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, there's there's you know culpability and everything else that goes along with that. Yeah, but, um, absolutely. Is it, it takes a lot of lot of patience. To walk people through a process of understanding. Yeah, um, and I and I get it. That sometimes you just want to, you know, just you know, give up on people, and you know, that's just the way they're going to be.
0: Um, yeah.
2: But I do find that with with that love and that patience, um, yeah, that people do go, oh, okay, I, now I understand because they're willing they're exactly. willing to ask the questions.
1: Yes. Yeah
2: and right now our society tries too hard to kind of shout people down and and there's yeah. a lot of just there's a lot of angst and and tension which yeah. I, I understand.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting and um you you did another film that um it was just i thought it was just brilliant, Black White and Us. Talk about that a little bit. Tell us what Ooh. that, you know, what that's about.
2: So, Black, White, and Us is about um, racism through the lens of transracial adoptions in Utah. So, there's mm-hmm. a, these are white families who really believe that racism kind of was over. You know, again, coming back to that whole idea that, you know, well, those were black and white photographs, the Jim Crow signs, and so forth. And Obama was president, so we've all arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they adopt these black children, mm-hmm. and suddenly, racism is very, very real. And now they have to confront it. They can no longer just ignore it and go back, you know, you know get behind their white picket fences and, and live their, you know, very white lives uh, because now it's happening to their child who just happens to be black.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now, have you reached out to any of those people that were in your film since? Now, when was the film done? When did you do this one?
2: Uh, that one was released this year. January. this year
1: so have you um talked to them um, after the film and you know where are they now like are things getting better or since the film has been out
2: uh, um well i mean it's it's. we actually shot that in, gosh i think it was 2017 and mm-hmm. so i mean it was a very quick turnaround for that film so there's not too much time that transpires but i mean gotcha. you know we we see each other on facebook all the time but and they're, mm-hmm. they're all very actively engaged in their communities, to, particularly the schools, to make sure that uh, there's representation. So okay. they're, they're, they're committed to making sure that things are different.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. I bet, and again, ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, the name of that film is Black, White, and Us. And again, you can see that on Amazon Prime. I really encourage you to watch it, um, as well as The Uncomfortable Truth. And An Ordinary Hero Amazing films Just absolutely brilliant And so now you're working on Another film You're in Alabama And tell us a little bit about What's going on with that one So yeah So this this
2: one This is what I've been working on for a couple of years And just finally um, We were going to do it last year But then we were asked to participate In a film about Emmett Till uh, Which will come out <laughs> end of next year Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, you know, I, I just have, this is one of those things that I, you know, I said, you know, I, I can't do everything, but I can do something because doing nothing is not an option. And
3: mm-hmm. with this
2: election cycle and so forth, I was like, I have to have this ready. Um, so, uh, my camera guy, Mike, uh, we're out here in, in in um, in Selma and with Joanne Blackman Bland. And the story is, it's called after Selma. And again, it's about mm-hmm. uh, what happened to voting rights after the, the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Okay. Uh, what happened to the town of Selma? And, mm. and so Joanne Buckman Bland is this, this powerful symbol of of the Selma to Montgomery March, um, of Selma, of, you know, and who's still in the fight. She's 65, I think, now. and um, Just a, a force to be reckoned with. Mhm. Um and then Carol Anderson who wrote uh, the New York Times best selling novel a book um White Rage and One Man No Vote uh we have an interview with her. Um, awesome. Um, yeah. So we're just Yeah, it's going to be great. It's really excited about that. It's just
1: it's, And when do you expect uh, that to come out?
2: Uh we well, January, January January 2020. Oh, okay. We want to make sure it's ready. Yeah, we want to make sure it's ready for, you know, this election cycle that you know, it's going to be part of the conversation so people can understand, um, you know, why you know why we need to vote and why we need to secure those things. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, because we get kids who say to us, you know, well, well why should I bother?
1: Right. You know,
2: does it really matter if I vote or not? And my response always is, um, you know, if your vote matters so much that people are working so hard to try to take it away. Right. And if they weren't, then it wouldn't matter, but it does, so You know, that's why. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, my mom would say to me, you know, my friends died so you could vote. Yep. That's what she says uh, to, uh, you know, and to students as well. Why should I vote? Well, my friends died so you could vote.
1: Yeah. My grandmother used to say that to me all the time. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Loki, I mean, she just instilled that into me. And, um, I remember when I turned 18, I've never missed an opportunity to vote because I always heard her voice. And there were times when I was disenfranchised, you know, and I'm like, really, you know, but then I would hear her voice. No, you better get out there and vote because it's your right. We fought for this, blah, blah, blah. And I heard it and I still hear it. And that gives me the, you know, that makes me say, you know what, she's right. Let me just let me go in here and, and, you know, hopefully my voice will be heard. Yeah. So well, there's, yeah, there's and two
2: I know always make
1: sure I have. Mhm. Say that again.
2: there's two things always make sure I have. Uh huh. There's two things I always make sure I have, and and one is a uh, you know I'm, I'm registered to vote, and the other one's an active library card. Yeah. And you know and I I, I taught my taught my kids in an early age always make sure you have a library card. You know it's the source of knowledge. Yes, it
1: is. You
2: know, uh, I'll, I'll always have access to the knowledge and access to the vote.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And that brings me to a quote um, that I, I, you know, doing my research for you and for the show, I came across a quote of yours, and I thought that it was so profound, um, talking about uh, failure. Um, And you said, learn to fail. It's only through failure that you grow. And then you said, if you can fail, then you can succeed. And the only way we can improve is by learning. That's deep. That's like so, because people are so, you know, I think that's what stops us uh, from moving forward a lot of times, the the fear of failure. Uh-huh. And we don't talk about that enough, especially with our youth, you know, our young people, because they're they're growing up in a generation of now, now, now. They gotta have it now. If it's not this, you know, I gotta have it. You know, it's not happening. I gotta quit. I gotta start. And and they're so afraid to do something because they think, you know, they're 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 afraid to fail. When did that happen? Where did that come from? Right. The fear to uh, – well, I, I
2: just we're a competitive society, I think just in general. So the des- desire to always succeed, you know, you, you got to get an A, you got to have an A, you know, and, you know, and, and grades and so forth. Um, I mean, anyone who does business can tell you, you know, yeah. you when know, we succeed is through failure. That's uh, right. I mean, we'll take a look at, I mean, we were here in Selma. I mean, so they haven't this bridge. I mean, that, how many times did they march on the bridge? Three times before they were, they got through
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: on the third time. And then, because Dr. King had put the call in to uh, make sure that they were able to march all the way to to Montgomery. Yeah. So, I mean, what if they stopped the first time or just the second time and just said, "Oh well." Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we we yeah. we 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 only ever see the victories. We rarely ever see defeat. That's right. Know, when we when we teach things and when we're you know yeah. particularly like the civil rights movement and stuff. I mean, uh, we never see the work either. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, sadly, I mean, people look at my mom's story, and it's a mar- remarkable story, but I only highlight a handful of things, and I highlight them because, you know, they work great for film.
3: Right. You know, it's
2: what you don't see is the parts of her story where she's, you know, running a mimeogram or typing letters or going to college and studying late at night. I mean, who right. wants to watch that anyways? That's a big deal. Right. But right,
1: there's right, a lot right. of
2: other background work that goes into these things, and not yeah. everything is is, is – Consider successful, um, right? You know, it's it's those, those four guys who sat at the lunch counter, right? Yeah. Mom and I talk about this. We call it the Pebble in the park and Those four guys mm-hmm. who sat at the lunch counter in Greensboro, February first, nineteen sixty. They all they wanted to do was to be able to sit at the lunch counter with everyone else, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, they never imagined the the effect, the impact it was going to have,
1: right? Because
2: um, you never know yeah. where your actions are going to lead to. That's but true. President Obama pointed back to those four guys sitting at the lunch counter and tied his election back to those four guys. But there were mm. so many years in between. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if if people gave up after Yeah. You know, how many years did it take from Brown versus Board until the voting you know, Civil Rights Act?
1: It was right. ten years. Yeah.
2: Ten years, you know.
1: Yeah. Harriet Tubman yeah. was
2: worked how long? I think 17 years, Harriet Tubman worked yeah.
1: to yeah, free yeah.
2: people. Yeah. It, it was and every single said, time a success. I mean, I don't know, but. Yeah. She said she could have freed thousands of, yep. thousands of more if, if they had yep. just, you know.
1: Known yeah. they were slaves. Yeah. Isn't that something? Right. God, I got goosebumps again because you're right. You're so right. Um, and, again, that's why your work is so important and people like you who um, go around and, and, and talk about this. You know, I don't – there are times when there's certain things that might come on TV, for example, in certain movies. And, you know, yeah, I kind of get tired and seeing a 12 Years a Slave or this, that, and the other. But then at the same time, there's a whole generation that's growing up without knowing anything because nobody wants to talk about it anymore and so i think right. like you said if they see these things and see how people like the john lewises and your mom and martin luther and and all of the harriet tubmans and if they see and know their struggle and that they didn't quit but they they, they and they failed right. sometimes but they didn't quit
2: oh, we're yeah. here
1: because they didn't quit <laughs> You know, and I think kids yeah. are just are coddled too much. You know what I mean? They're coddled. Like where they're like people are huh. their parents are afraid to share like real life experiences with them because this is real. Yeah, this stuff is real. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you talked about uh one of the things, it's just so many things, Loki. Oh my gosh, you grew up And, of course, again, you didn't know, like, until later on, like, really what all this meant. So hearing some of the stories that your mom probably shared with you, and I know you told one uh, about the KKK, um, you know, that stopped um, her with her four fellow activists when they were leaving Canton, Mississippi, I believe, Mm -hmm. and how they surrounded the car. And I'm thinking mm -hmm. when I listen to these stories and I'm like, oh, my God your mom was like in the car when this was happening. And I, right. you know, and I can't even imagine like what was going through her, i Of course, what was going through her mind was probably, she was scared, but I'm like, what, you know what I mean? It's like, wow. Well,
2: it's just, yeah. I mean, what was going to mind? I mean, she, she would tell you, know, and that was,
1: you know, they were just in the
2: back seat praying, you know, making yeah. peace with their maker. Yeah. Uh, That was a point where she said, you know, she thought she was going to die. Now, I've heard her use that about six different times when she has said, and that's when I thought we were going to die. I mean, um, Mm. so after the first time, why didn't you turn back? After the second time, third, fourth, I mean – I mean every single time you're at this juncture where you're like, Okay, this is this is when it's gonna this is when we're gonna die at the lunch counter or you know when they're being right. transported to parchment, I mean when shots were fired at them in Arlington, I mean there's all these different moments and yet you still persevere, you know, you you yeah. see it through. Uh, I, I think of, you know, Invictus, you know, yeah um My head is bloody my head is bloody but unbowed, right? Mm
3: mm hmm
2: hmm Under fell clutches of circumstance, yeah. I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbound You know, mm-hmm. uh, Invictus means mm-hmm. unconquered, right?
1: Yeah. Unconquerable so, souls. I love. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you know, you are that warrior. You, you're, you know, well, you come from that stock, so. <laughs> But you every we all have choices; we can all choose which path that we want to go on, and you chose the path to follow in your mother's footsteps and to tell her story and then through telling her stories, you're able to tell more stories and you know just never stop, just continue to do what you do right. um um in educating you know the world actually. So let me ask you this: um, Your website. Do you, tell people where they can go because you mm-hmm. started the foundation. So talk about that. Yep.
2: Yeah. So the foundation exists to uh, end racism through education. Um, we had the films and the book and an online civil rights map, um, a curriculum that we share with schools, um, mm-hmm. and they can go to thejtmfoundation.org.
1: Okay. Say that one more time.
2: Or you could try to spell out my mother's entire name and, you know, good luck with that. But thejtmfoundation.org.
1: Okay. And are you all – so if someone wanted to um, hire you to come speak at a function or whatever, can they get that information from the website as well?
2: They can. Yep, it's right there. There's the, you know, events tab and, you know, contact us and, let us know. I mean, we are. We uh, so I'm here. You know, I so said I'm here in Selma, and uh, we fly home the 14th. On the 16th, I turn right back around and meet up with my mom and Ruby Bridges in Tennessee. Wow. And then we go to Indianapolis. I get home the 21st, and then I turn right back around on the 23rd and head back out again. I mean, it's. Uh, you know, we're. It, it's. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's a good work. <laughs> you know, and we keep pushing yeah. forward. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just what it's about, you know, sharing and the stories
1: and, and, you know, doing
2: uh-huh. doing our part.
1: Yeah, and I think that's awesome that your mom is still out there doing it, like, after all these years, you know. She's still telling her stories and, you know, people are embracing her. Um, she's just wonderful. And, I, you know, hopefully, you know, I'm going to make it my mission to meet her in person. Um, she's just right down the road a piece <laughs> in Virginia. Uh, if we yeah. can catch her in Virginia, because she's traveling yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm going to make my point, a mission to make sure that I, I meet with her. So, yeah, this has been wonderful. I mean, we could just, you know, go on and on and on. I'm hoping that you will come back and share some more with us, especially when you, you know, wrap up your film. I can't wait to see that in January of 2020. Um yeah, so me too. yeah. Yeah, you said you too. Oh, you know it's gonna be good. It's I, I already know it's gonna be good because <laughs> the other ones, like I said, guys, you need to go if you don't have a subscription to Amazon Prime, you need to get one. And you need to just type in Loki Mulholland, M U L H O L L A N D. You know it took me a minute to really make sure I pronounced your names, especially your mom. Like Trump Power. I was cause Oh yeah. And you And you sent it to me, you said, okay, this is, and you must have heard me like through osmosis or something because you sent me an email. It's like, this is how you pronounce it. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) But um, yeah, just go to Amazon prime and you can type in Loki's name um, and you know, all of his movies will appear and you just really need to, you know, check it out and leave a a review um, to let them know that you, you watched the movie so um well loki it, we it's about that time i I think i'm gonna let yeah. you go now. I don't want to, <laughs> but um, I will share this with everyone um we have been talking about launching a new project together um another a podcast actually, and the podcast will actually talk- uh uh talk about um what we've been talking about today, but it'll be more extensive, we'll have people come on and share some, some stories and things like that. But we just want to continue to educate people and empower people um, and make them aware of some things that they may not have been aware of before. You know, it's all about education, right? Yep. Yep. So... When we know more about that, you know, I will, you know, we'll keep you informed of that. But um, is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners before I let you go? You no, know, just keep on keeping on. Yeah. Keep on keeping on. Absolutely. And, you know, your mom said something to that effect, too. Um, she said. Oh, my mom said a lot can't... of things. Yeah, she does. She does. But she said something about um finding your mission and um just continuing to she didn't use the word fight, but just paraphrasing, you know, find no. that thing that you're passionate about and go you know, don't let it go. Just you know, stand up for what's right. Stand up for justice.
2: Yeah. And you don't have to change the world, just change your world.
1: There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Mr. Loki Mulholland, thank you so much for taking your time to just come on and share with us. We really, really, really appreciate it. And I'm hoping that we can have you back one day. Oh, well, for sure. Much appreciated. <laughs> All right, sweetie, you take care. And um, yeah, we'll be in touch soon. All
2: right. Take care now.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Loki Mulholland, and um, we're down at that part of the show where I want to leave you with this. Last week at this portion of the show, I left you with some quotes that I want to reshare tonight, So, um, because in my opinion, you really can't hear them enough. Dr. Martin Luther King once said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And another quote, again, that I believe we can't hear enough of was by another great man who once walked this earth. Jesus said, a new command I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. So for the rest of this particular segment, I'm just going to let the music speak for me. This is by John Lennon, and I just felt it was for such a time as this. So take a listen. Imagine. That concludes our show for this evening. I want to thank everyone for tuning in uh, with us this evening. A shout out to my family who are always loving and supporting me and also to my friends and colleagues in all of my social networking sites. Once again, a big thank you to Mr. Loki Mulholland for taking the time to share a big part of your journey and your wisdom with us. We are eternally grateful for you. Also, don't forget to stop by my website your to get some extra motivation and inspiration and leave a message to let us know you stopped by and like us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash a date with destiny 101 and follow us on twitter at least 101. That's L Y S E 101. Make sure you come back and tune in next Monday at 6:30 Eastern Standard Time. And always remember, folks, that real power comes from knowledge, because knowledge is power. And when we know better, we do better. So your mission, if you choose to accept it, is this: take the necessary time to do a true self-evaluation. Seek God and learn how to love yourself first, because after all, you owe it to yourself to know yourself. Once again, I'm Lisa M. Saunders, and thank you for tuning in to Blog Talk Radio's A Date With Destiny. Peace and abundant blessings, everyone.